Well, good morning. How are you all? You felt suitably entertained about massive failure couples. <laughs> guys, guys, don't worry. There are marriage courses, <laughs> books to help you. Um, so um, anyway, well, today I'm going to carry on with a series on relationships. And what I want to talk to you about is how do you get over a broken heart? And um, sadly, there's a lot of it about. I don't know if you found that. Um, if you've never had a broken heart, you're a very unusual person. Um, or you're just very blessed, very lucky. Um, but it's interesting. The words of this song are this. What becomes of the brokenhearted? Who's had love that's now departed? I know I've got to find some kind of peace of mind. Maybe. And then it goes on to say, Every day the heartaches grow a little stronger. I can't stand this pain much longer. I walk in shadows searching for light. Cold and alone, no comfort in sight. Hoping and praying for someone to care. Always moving and going nowhere. Oh my, what a depressing way to begin a message. But hey, there's good news, there's hope in store. So I just want to explore the whole topic of heartbreak. So even if you don't need this message, I just would love you to grab it because there will be people that will come across your world that you need to help. And today I'm going to arm you with just great information, great tips, wisdom on how to help people that you know are suffering. So, you know, heartbreak, we know, um, and in fact, the definitions of it could be things like crushing grief, anguish, distress. And in the context of relationships, usually it happens because of a relationship that's failed, um, a divorce, or being dropped by someone that you loved. Maybe the person you loved has died earlier than they should have. Or even broken heart from the disappointment of being single. You thought you were going to mar get married. You thought, oh, by the time I'm 25, 30, 35, 40, I would have found love. Um, because everyone else is, but you find yourself in a place where you realize it's not going to happen. Maybe it'll never happen, and that can break your heart. If we look at what is a broken heart, you know, science is now showing that um, anything to do with the heart affects the whole body. It's not just your state of mind. It's not just just some feelings, fluttery feelings or otherwise, actually the state of our heart affects our entire body and can open the door to diseases or can um, heal us. So we can see here, I think you can see in the slide behind you, that um, when things are going right, when all is well in your world, you're in love or you know you're loved, you're in good relationships, not necessarily even um, a marriage relationship, but just you've got great friends, you've got people who champion you, your brain is really happy. It releases all the right chemicals, and your body actually feels good. You feel full of life, full of energy. But on the other hand, heartbreak causes a few things to go wrong. One, we know that heartbreak opens a door to the st a stress response, where things happen in the brain so that your body goes through a stress response. There's this chemical called cortisol that flows around the body and 
you re your body really feels all these symptoms, anxiety, nausea, putting on weight, acne. Did you know that? <laughs> acne can you know, break out, and, and many of you even have experienced this. Your immune system is suppressed, so people tend to fall ill more quickly. They catch every virus that's going around. But not only that, your brain registers that heartbreak as, as if you've had a knife go through your heart. So actually, it's like a physical pain you feel here or here because that's what the, the brain is interpreting the heartbreak as. So of course, the question is, can I prevent going through anything like this? And yes, you can. The Bible actually talks about this. The Bible, as you know, is packed full of wisdom, packed full of just the best way to lead our life. But um, Proverbs is one of probably one of the best books for wisdom. And Proverbs talks about this concept of guarding your heart. Yeah, guarding your heart. And the modern-day interpretation of that is about having boundaries, personal boundaries. How many of you have a book called Boundaries? How many of you have bought a book which actually has boundaries or boundaries in dating, boundary, boundaries in relationship? There are vari various variants of that. How many, would you, how many of you would say you have a book that you've read? So quite a few of you, but not everyone. I'll give you a little bit of a Boundaries 101 today. Yeah? So the idea of boundaries is that it's um, telling us, it informs us what we are, what we are responsible for, what we are not responsible for. And really the whole point of having boundaries is to protect your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this. It says, above all else, so sorry, just a bit of context. Proverbs 4 talks about, um, the writers talking about how to live life well, how to flow in wisdom, how to protect your eyes, what you think about, what you talk about. And then it comes to this verse in 23, verse 23, where it says, above all else, above everything that you do, it says, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Another version says, guard the affections of your heart. So let's just unpack that a little bit. What are the things that I am responsible for? What are the things that you are responsible for in your world? And I've got a little list here. My feelings, my attitudes, my beliefs, my thoughts. You know, so we can never say, it's because my husband left me that I am feeling so awful. I hate myself. But it's his fault. He is the one who's responsible for the way I feel. No, 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 no. The Bible says you have to protect your heart and you are responsible for whether you carry that feeling or not. My values. I'm responsible for my desires, my behaviors, my choices, my limits, what I love. So, you know, how many of you love Netflix? How many of you find Netflix highly entertaining? But if you only look to Netflix to teach you about life, you are really going to find you, that you get messed up very soon. Because unfortunately, a lot of modern day movies teach us about love from a very sensual, a very feeling type of way. And you know, you often see this in the movies, boy meets girl, they go to bed, have sex, and then they decide whether they're really right for each other or not. And we know that's wrong. The Bible tells us that's wrong because 
having that sort of sexual intimacy opens up your whole heart, open up, opens up your life to somebody that you don't know anything about yet. And the safest way to guard your heart is to enter a sexual relationship based on a marriage covenant. Yeah? So that's why we have premarital counseling to help people to understand about how to have a healthy marriage. Um, but, you know, we can also fall in love with social media and open up our hearts to everything that social media has to say. So we listen to celebrities, we listen to what, um, what seems like very intelligent people have to say about our lives and we can take it in. And if we haven't got a great balance, if we don't know what the word of God says about a situation, you can find yourself going down the wrong path. Yeah, so these are the sort of things I'm responsible for. It's a, a bit of a list there, and I don't expect you to get it all right away, but maybe feel free to take a photo and to just think about it in the days to come. But just talking about boundaries, let me give you a few examples of the sort of boundaries that we should all have in our lives to protect, to guard our hearts. And we could categorize them as physical, sexual, emotional. So physical, who can touch you? How can they touch you? Where can they touch you? When can they touch you? So, you know, this whole thing, this whole movement about me too, you know, the, the thing that's risen up. Unfortunately, there, there are men, and so I'm just using that as an example. I know it can refer to women too, but um, the cases have been highlighted about how men have touched women inappropriately, and the women have not known how to protect their boundaries and therefore, a lot more has been allowed than ought to have been allowed. Um, but it all starts with physical touch. So what we do is we, we are supposed to learn about how to communicate to people. As you know, I, I, I a handshake is fine, but right now, a hug is not fine. You know? Or you putting your hand on me for a bit longer than I'm comfortable with, I need to say something. So it's that sort of learning how to articulate what you want is really part of our journey of life. And some people need help in that. We're supposed to ideally learn that from our mums and dads, but a lot of the times mums and dads don't know how to do that well. And that's why we need churches that do this well. You know, young adult ministry, youth ministry. It's so important to teach young people about these kind of things. What about sexual boundaries? That's all about who can take touch you in a sexual way and when, who can speak to you in a sexual way and when. Stuff that you need to know, stuff that you need to have learned to protect yourself. But I want to look a bit more at emotionally guarding your heart because that's the part that I think a lot of people don't do well, they don't get right. The first two we pretty much know in our Western society what's right, what's wrong. But I think emotionally not guarding your heart has led to a whole lot of trouble for folk. So let's have a look at that. First of all, let's look at what are unhealthy ways to guard our hearts. Yeah? So we all know we should guard our hearts, but we can end up doing one or more of these things. The first is to be on a lockdown, where you literally close yourself off to anyone or everyone to protect yourself probably because you've been hurt before and you've made a decision in your mind, I am never going to let myself get hurt again. 
So what you actually do is you close off yourself. Uh, you bottle your emotions down. You, don't never, you never let someone else into your world. You never tell people how you really feel so that they can help you. Okay, so that's what I call lockdown. But then the opposite is that we can make our hearts wide open, where we open ourselves up to anyone, everyone, whoever shows a bit of interest in us, we just open it, open ourselves up and let it all hang out, as they say. We trust people who we should never be trusting. And really it's because we haven't got any sense of self-respect that we yearn the respect we get. We yearn for the affirmation we get from other people. So we just say, oh, yeah, come into my world. Be my friend. But unfortunately, when you do that, you open yourself up to selfish people who want to manipulate you, who want to dominate you, who want to control you. And even things like infatuation start like this. You know, you could be someone who's married here, but if you haven't learned about emotional boundaries, you may find that if in your marriage you're not quite happy, it doesn't meet all your needs, but somebody comes alongside you who says, oh, you know, you're amazing. Do you, you know, I love this thing about you. Um, I love how you look. And what that does is it makes you feel great. And you start thinking, hang on, my husband or my wife, they don't talk to me like this. I love this. This is what I need. And before you know it, you allowed things to go down a track that they should never have gone down. The third way of uh, not guarding your heart is to be an exit-only kind of person. Yeah? So we've talked about lockdown, wide open, but this is where it's one-way traffic. I I'm would be great at serving people. I want everyone to you know, benefit from the gifts that I have. I look after people. Um, I'm hospitable to people, all great stuff. But I don't let anyone into my world to encourage me, to help me when I'm down. Because I've not learned to receive, I've only ever learned how to give. And I think over the years, if I've seen people operate like this, it's because they've seen a model of that in their moms or dads or a carer, and they think that's how we live life. We just give and give and give, we do, we acts of service, we bless other people, but we, we don't want anyone into our world to help us and to speak into our life. So that's not good either. And the last type of unhealthy guarding of your heart is the other way. So instead of exit only, it's like entrance only, where you look for people to affirm you, to encourage you, but also to lift you up when you're down, which is all good, but it's all one-way traffic, where you become the center of your world and you never do anything the other way. You don't think about, actually, they might need my help sometimes. They might need my word when they're done. Let me just see when someone else needs my help. So it's, it becomes so much so that you are, as I said, the center of your world. And this is what... Um, has been shown to be the consequence of guarding your heart in that way. Lockdown, wide open, exit only, entrance only. All unhealthy things. And you might think, well, so what? You know, it's okay. I'm surviving. I can cope. But there are actually consequences. Yeah. Number one is that because of thinking that way, operating that way, we can 
keep God at arm's length. We don't mean to intentionally, but do you know that you can actually keep God out of your life? Because we've guarded ourselves so tightly that we can't let his love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness in. Because there's an interesting way in which our, our minds think that if we come to the conclusion that we can't trust people, your mind starts to say, well, you can't trust God either. Because he could use you and abuse you like people. So that's not a good consequence. And that's how people end up getting hard-hearted. Yeah? You've, you've heard that expression and you've seen it in the Bible. People who get hard-hearted is because they don't trust God and they haven't ever learned to open up to him. Secondly, we won't experience the life that God says he has for us. Do you know what? Your best life comes when you're planted in a community of people where you're giving and receiving. What I see in Equippers Richmond is really a great group of people who have learned how to look after each other. The hospitality is great. The hosting is great. But also, you're there for each other. You know, you're here to champion each other. You're there to say, I can see that you're just, you just don't seem so happy today. Hey, what's going on? You know, do you want to trust me? Do you want to unpack things with me. Otherwise, I have great people in this church who can help you. That's what pastoral care is all about. It's about coming alongside people, allowing people to trust that person and so that they can open up about what's going on. Yeah? So you need to be open with your heart to the right people so that you can experience abundant life. And finally, we don't live like we're designed. Do you know that you can miss everything that God's called you to do if you guard your heart too tight or you're too open? Yeah, so it's a little bit mind-blowing, and you might think, seriously, really, I can never fulfill my destiny because of what's going on here? Yes. And how many of you would love to fulfill everything that God has for you? Yeah, I'm sure you all must do, otherwise you wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't have got up on a Sunday morning to come to church just to say a few prayers and go home. You're all people who love God, and I think as weeks, certainly in my life, every week that I come to church, I fall in love with God more and more, but I always also realize, God, I didn't realize I had this gift in my life. I didn't realize I had that gift. And as I start to say yes to him, and I start to flow in that, I've seen so many lives changed. I've seen people get hungry for God when they never were before. But that came at a price that I had to learn to deal with my heart. Yeah, get it to a healthy state. So just going back to this whole idea of, of boundaries, you know, uh, a common misconception, misconception is this, that boundaries are bad because they keep people apart. But as you can see, the slide shows that healthy boundaries are to keep bad elements of people that are in people apart uh, away from you such as cruelty, abuse, harassment, manipulation, and so on. And boundaries can actually make the relationships better. They keep people together in a healthy way. They help people develop respect for each other, communication, so that you work together and you're less likely to leave a relationship. And that's really why we are really promoting this whole series of relationships, is to help people um, not just marriages, not just singles, but just 
anyone in a relationship with another person how to do that well. But of course, marriage is something that we really believe in here at Equippers. Um, how many of you know that divorce rates are pretty high? I think it's something like one in two in three or three in four marriages are failing. Do you know what? It's same in the church as outside the church. That's, that shocked me when I saw that. Why is that? Because when people get married, even in church, they think, well, I'm a Christian, he's a Christian, she's a Christian. It'll be fine. No, it'll not be fine. Because there's stuff that comes out of you that you never know was there in a marriage. And what is marriage about is learning how to deal with conflicts, learning how to communicate. And, and that's why we have great marriage counselors in our church. We have um, marriage ministries. We have premarital counseling, as I said earlier. All the things that people need to, to have a good marriage. I've had marriage counseling. If you speak to any senior leader in churches um, across the Christian world, you'll, you'll find that pretty much most of them have had to have help in their marriage because bad stuff happens. Yeah? People go through brokenness. People make wrong choices. But it's all right. Don't have to be ashamed. Don't have to be embarrassed. But find help. Because what we're wanting at the end of the day is a protection of our heart, provision for our heart to live a great life. So really, just as I come to an end this morning, I know it's been a little bit like heavy at times, but it's an important area to talk about. I just want to talk about what can be the consequences of a broken heart and to help you come through it. But I'm, because I'm pretty sure that there are many of you here in this room who are actually dealing with some of these consequences even right now. So one is grief. You know, that's kind of obvious when a marriage ends or you lose a loved one or the person you've, you thought you were going to get married to turns around and says, sorry, it's the end. Or even the realization has come that you're not getting married. It can set off a grief reaction. And, you know, uh, you can see there there's a whole cycle that psychologists talk about, about dealing with grief. So I won't, don't want to go into that too much other than to say that, you know, there's the a cycle that all human beings go through, denial, then anger, then even a time of depression, time of bargaining, like bargaining with God. But acceptance comes. Yeah? So a day will come and it's like, okay, it is what it is. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let go of grief and people are able to move on. And many times people need help with this. People need some form of therapy or counseling. Bereavement counseling, you know, is such a great thing. But there's something else I want to talk about, which is even more insidious, even more tormenting, and that is this thing, disappointment. Disappointment. It's that voice in you that says, things would have gone better if only the course of events had been different. If only I'd never moved away from that country, I could have met a really great guy. If only I, I hadn't married that person, I would have been so much happier now. You know, all of these things of if only, if only, lead to disappointment. And the problem with disappointment is that it is an emotion. And as you know, emotions are neither right 
nor wrong. They are what they are. We all feel these things and we should do because that's what makes us human. But here's the problem. Disappointment, when it's pushed down, stuffed down and not dealt with, will come up another way, will cause you to sin, or cause you to hold on to pain that can ultimately destroy you. Another thing that can also be something that we deal with, with failed relationships and a broken heart, is regret. Regret is, is when a voice in you starts to compare how life is now with how it could have been. I wish I had made a different choice. I wish, I wish I hadn't done this. I wish he hadn't never done that. But that you can carry regret as a heavy thing in your heart. And finally, guilt. Guilt. Just that, you know, again, the whole thing of with disappointment, with regret, you feel like it's you're the one to blame. Uh, Bill Johnson, you know, how many of you know Bill Johnson? Just a great minister, great pastor, lots of wisdom. But he says this, one of the greatest blockages to the flow of miracles in a person's life is unresolved pain from disappointment. And that's, this is a man who has ministered to many people for many years, sees a lot of miracles in his church. You know, I believe that he's, he's even announced at one time that his church is cancer, a cancer-free zone. They've seen amazing miracles. But for him to say this, that one of the greatest blockages to the flow of miracles in our lives is unresolved pain, shows that we need to take it seriously. So uh, if the band just want to come up and just join me as I come to, to the end now, I just want to give you a few steps of what you can do if you know you're still dealing with disappointments of life. Okay, and some of this actually Bill Johnson's own advice, wisdom based on all of the experience. Number one, he says, take some time to get alone with God. Just get alone with God and just say, God, I want to just tell you how I feel. Just pour it out. Just be really honest with God. Don't couch it up with religious language. You know, don't say things like, God, it, it's horrible to be alone. But I know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. You know, it's like, oh, it's okay, Lord. I know Paul was single and Jesus was single. Yes. That's all true. But if it's just religious, a religious voice that comes out of you, then really you just need to be honest and say, God, I hate this. It hurts so much. Just be honest with God. Just let it all out. Because he knows already what you're feeling, but you need to verbalize this pain. Because that's what's going to take you on that journey to be relieved of that pain. The second thing is to just say, okay, God, I've told you how I feel. Now, I don't want to partner with this thing anymore. It's called renouncing. You say, I renounce this disappointment. I renounce the pain of guilt. I renounce. I let go of this regret. I won't partner with you anymore. So when you say words like that, you're actually making a stand to say, yes, you thing were part of my life. Today you stop. And it's very powerful. And then 
30s and you just wait and, and you let God speak to you. Yeah, don't just do that and then walk off. You've dumped all your stuff on him. Now let him minister to you. And do you know what? He's not going to come at you with a wagging finger. He's not going to come and say, well, I told you so. No, no, no. The Bible says that God is a very gracious God, full of compassion, full of mercy. When do we need mercy? When we've messed up, when we've made mistakes. When do we need grace? When life has been tough. And we need something special from God to lift us up, to bring us back to the place of hope. So as you just sit and you listen and you say, God, I'm going to allow you to speak to me. You will just start to hear incredible words of healing from God. Do you know that? And then one more thing is that you need to come to a place where you forgive people who hurt you. It could be your very husband, your wife. It could be a parent. Maybe it's yourself. Over these years, as I've done prayer for people, you'll be amazed how people are set free when they forgive in situations where they thought they'd already forgiven and they realized they never had. And, they, and I've seen people get healed of addictions, get healed of physical diseases, get healed of all sorts of traumas in life because of that simple act where they say, yeah, I choose this moment to forgive this person or these people I'm going to no longer judge them. I'm going to let go of this desire I had to see them punished. I'm going to leave that up to God. And sometimes we need help with forgiveness, okay? Sometimes it's, it's difficult to do, and that's when you come for prayer, speak to one of the leaders, and maybe you need counseling. But go on that journey. Go on that journey for your sake, not for that other person's sake. You know, there's a saying, time heals all wounds. Have you heard that? How many of you know, know how many of you know that's a load of bunkum? That's a load of rubbish because time doesn't heal all wounds. I know because I prayed for loads of people who've had wounds from childhood that's still there when they're 60 years old. Only Jesus heals all wounds. The Bible tells us Psalm 147. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart in the Passion Translation. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful description in one way? The shattered heart, the broken heart. You know, our hearts are so soft, so gentle, so delicate. If we open ourselves up to people, they can, we can get shattered. But, but... Jesus is here, he's here today to bring healing. And just as I've, just one final thing to share with you, you know, science has shown that surrounding yourself with family, with good family, good friends, is actually very good for you. Social support will actually heal you of heart pain. It's part of the solution. And science is just switching on to the fact that what God knew all along, and, and that's why God's, it was God's idea to have a church. Church is supposed to be about a company of people. Sam Monk says this, it's a group of friend, friends helping each other to go higher in God. It's helping each other to find pain relief, helping each other to find healing. Yeah, As a group of people, let's do this together.
So let's just stand. So ready to answer this question. What becomes of the brokenhearted? Well, with God in the picture, they become restored. They become redeemed. They become healed. They become propelled into their destiny. How many of you would love that today? Is that good? So church, what I just want to do as we finish now is I just would love to pray for you. I really believe in the power of ministry when your, your hearts have just been opened by the message and you just realize some truths. Maybe I've told you some things that are just new to you and you just, maybe you're finding yourself in a place right now where actually pain is starting to rise up. You can just say to yourself, actually, that's God. He's allowing this for these few moments because he wants to bring healing to my life. So maybe that's you today. In fact, I think it'd be great if all of us do this. Just put a hand on your heart. So Lord, I just thank you that today, Lord, you're just bringing us insight into some, some opportunity for deep ministry. Yes, Lord, we just had a lot of laughs and there's been just times of great sort of mirth and just laughter. But Lord, right now, in this place, God, I just thank you that you have come, Holy Spirit, to bring a ministry of healing to every area of brokenness, every area of pain. And I particularly now speak to everything of disappointment that is sitting in people's hearts causing so much trauma so much pain so first of all Lord we just make a decision to forgive people that we know hurt us that you're just bringing to our minds maybe we thought we'd forgiven them but Lord you're just bringing them to our minds we just release forgiveness we just say I'm going to let that let them go. I'm not going to hold them attached to this pain anymore. And now if you just be saying within yourself, I renounce this disappointment. I renounce this pain. I renounce the guilt and the regret. I, I renounce the trauma that I've carried around over so many years because of that thing that happened. I renounce it. I don't want it anymore. I let it go to you. Jesus, I thank you that you right now are lifting that off me. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to come now and minister to every broken heart, every area of pain. I release life. I release healing. I release strength. Lord, let your healing oil just flow flow, flow, flow down to the very deepest parts of our heart to bring restoration, to bring wholeness again, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And now, church, I just want you to release a sound of thanks, a sound of joy, like you're trusting Him with your future, you're trusting Him with your heart because He's a good God. And no matter what your life may look like now, God is the redeemer. He's a restorer. He can change things around. He can bring what was bad to a place of good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.